0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff.
1: You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond with your
2: host Justin. But before we get started, how was your geek week?
1: And co-hosts Dan and Jason.
2: You have to be willing to let the dice help you tell the story.
1: Okay, look, this year I'm gonna stop mispronouncing words. Join us as we cover board games to war games and beyond.
2: And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond podcast. This is our Talking Warhammer segment. I'm super pumped to welcome to the show, Anthony Trentinelli. Welcome to the show, buddy.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: So, we recently had your brother on here, and during the podcast, he said, you should have my brother Anthony on here.
1: He, he said that?
2: I think he said that. He may All have right. told it to me after the podcast.
1: Okay, good. I mean, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it past him to say that, but I wouldn't <laughs> think he'd put it out there.
2: Uh, that's kind of <laughs> him, right? He's like, uh, he, he wouldn't throw you under the bus like that. But the, whatever the case is, he definitely said, get my brother on here, and so here you are.
1: Oh, my God, you're going to make people think he's a good guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, for the record, we went two and a half hours, maybe even longer, during our recording. We don't have to go that long, but I know that sometimes there's sibling rivalry involved. I, I don't know how it is with you two.
1: Oh, my God, that's that's how we grew up. <laughs> Competition for everything, man.
2: Now, is is Nate the older brother or younger brother?
1: I am the older. I'm the oldest. Of, okay. There's four of us.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. And, I mean, obviously, you and Nate play Warhammer. Do the other two play Warhammer?
1: Uh, one played for a bit and then kind of dropped off. He got interested in other things and kind of fell off. The other one, he does. He's interested. He asks lots of questions. But he, just with life stuff going on, he just hasn't had the opportunity to get back in to really get to tournaments and whatnot to play.
2: Because there's some, there's some brother combos out there, right? There's, like, the Walter Brothers... You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, and like they're, they're really good out there, but, uh, you two are definitely a big name in the game. Trying to be. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because when I, I mean, uh, when I played with Nate several years ago, he's like, Oh yeah, my brother's coming. He plays Warhammer a little bit. And next thing I know, this is like Nova open 2019, right? Like, I think you ended up getting like sixth place overall yeah, or something like that. And I'm like, he plays a little bit Nate. Like really? Like that's that's what you're going with here? You know?
1: <laughs> well, so it's funny is we were that was the year that we were just really getting into uh, Sigmar as like a competitive thing. Yeah. Uh the Du Bois before that was like our first G T for Age of Sigmar. We had such a good time, we're like, you know what, let's just kinda make this our thing. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna go to a travel to go to a few things, uh, and make this our, our thing to do. Um, like, didn't even know that something like the IETC existed at that point.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so that was our... Um, that was really our intro into the competitive side that we decided that we're really going to do this.
2: And that was 2019, you said? Yeah. Uh, what were you guys playing beforehand? Were you playing, like, 40K or something?
1: Yeah, so we grew up on 40K, I think. Okay. I mean, we played... I was actually trying to think about this today, earlier today, like, how long we have been playing. Um, and I remember in middle school... Um, doing 40k art in my art classes. Nice. So I was like hey, well it's got to have been at least that long and I can't think to I can't be bothered to do the math to see how long ago that was but um, <laughs> the, <laughs> it was long enough that we're like this has been a major part of our life for a long time.
2: Um, yeah. Did you ever play Warhammer Fantasy or you just went like straight from 40k to Sigmar?
1: So 40k really captured our interest early because mm-hmm. I mean, we grew up on, like, Doom and, you know, Mortal Kombat. Like, like more of that kind of aesthetic. Um, We thought that fantasy looked cool, but we were too dumb to figure out two game systems at the time.
2: Fair
3: enough.
1: Um, And also, you know, (laughs) kind of too poor to play two game systems.
2: Uh, Um, Even more fair enough, yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs)
1: Um, So we decided that we'll just play 40K and we'll kind of watch. We'll look at at the fantasy models here and there. Mm. Um, When Sigmar came out, we kind of both... Had the realization at the same tournament. We're like, you know, are we? We went to. It was actually at a du Bois. We sat there and we're like, are, did you have fun after after this tournament? And we're like, not really. And we go to each other. We're like, I don't think either of us really had a good time. And we looked over across the hall and the the Sigmar side, the Age of Sigmar stuff. Yeah. Like, they like they look like they had a great time. Let's go try that. Interesting. We had we were finally at the age that we had the disposable income. We had the and the mental acuity to handle a second game system. Yeah. Um. So we we did, and we really enjoyed it, and we enjoyed it to the point that we're like, let's just just do this one. Let's forget the forty k stuff. We'll just do Sigmar.
2: What uh, What armies were you running in forty k? Do you remember at the time? So
1: uh, by that point, I think I've played any I had played anything that wasn't Imperial. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> like, uh, screw the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, Space Marines bored me, and yeah. Nate Nate was playing the guard, so um, I really latched onto the Tyranids. Okay. Um, and then Gene Stealer Cults came out; they had such fun mechanics. Right. Uh, right. And then Eighth came out and neutered him, like stripped all his mechanics away. <laughs> had zero interest in playing them anymore. Yeah. I'm sure they have mechanics like that now again, but you know, I'm 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 over it. You know, we yeah. Me and Forty K broke up.
2: What was When you switched over to Age of Sigmar, what was your army that you chose? This is 2018, 2019?
1: Uh, I think we moved into Sigmar a little bit before that. 19 okay. was our first major like G.T. Major T, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I started with Sylvaneth, actually.
2: Wow, okay. Um, I mean, they, in 2018, they, they weren't bad. Like They had some interesting rules with the, the trees and stuff like that, but then their book came out in, like, 19 or 20, and it just was not good.
1: I I only wanted to play the Kern of Hunters. (laughs) That's all I wanted to do. And they're Um, awesome. They've always been awesome. They're so cool. Um, And then I kind of flirted around, played a little bit of uh, faction roulette, because stuff would either catch my attention, and then I'd get bored with it, or I liked the aesthetic of something, but really not the play style. Um, That was my issue with Nova. Okay. I... I was playing Daughters of Cain at the time because I love snakes. Yeah. Um and so I was playing Melusai and the and Marathi, uh back in the old Daughters book and I was having a great time with it, but I got really bored of having this like super tanky army of naked ladies. It just yeah. didn't like there's a huge dissonance there. Yeah. Um, so I decided to move away from that, picked up Slaves to Darkness, and then just kind of fell in love with Chaos as a just a a Grand alliance.
2: Yeah, so you have, since February, uh, you've played uh, Skaven, you played Slaanesh, and now you're running another uh, uh, demon army for Nova, right? Yep. yep. So, we're talking three factions in about half of a year, and... uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, would not recommend.
2: <laughs> but we're gonna get to that a little bit more because I'm, I'm very curious as like the, to why you got that. But before we get there, let's talk about hobby table. What's what's on your hobby table right now?
1: So I'm staring at, and this is a little bit of a of burying the lead for what's coming up. But right now I'm staring at Scarbrand, uh, and some Zangor.
2: Whoa, okay. Interesting. Uh aren't those two factions that kind of hate each other, right? Like Yeah, th- no, they don't hate like each magic other. Magic a lot.
1: They, that's all of chaos, though. they have a a very tumultuous relationship with each other. Feels appropriate.
2: So, so I'm seeing a uh we've got four major chaos uh factions, right? I mean, unless we're not counting the skaven as the fifth god, you know, we're talking four. Yeah. And there's four Trentinelli brothers. Am I to read into that uh
1: no, I wouldn't read too much into that because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that was into chaos. <laughs> I, I'm, I can encapsulate all of chaos and then they can fight over the rest.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I've um, been working on uh, about 30 Dread Scythe Heritans to bring cool. to Nova. And so, uh, you know, it, 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 listeners to our podcast know that uh, I was going to go the Blade Guys Revenant route. Everybody's um, doing that. Yeah, well, including your brother. And I know this because I was going to go to our surplus uh, models supplier, and he had like 30 Blade Guys revenants. And I called him up and he said, Nate just got it from me like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that sounds That's about it. right. All right, well, just give me your heritage <laughs> then. You know? The heritage so, are good, though. They're really good. I played my I played a game with them just the other day against Soulblight Gravelord. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they did their work. Uh, they were They were really, really, really good. And, oh, I can't um, believe it. Yeah, they um just just like on paper you're like okay, I think they're going to be good, but I didn't realize that in practice they're great. You know. Yeah,
1: they have um, so many atta- I mean the weighted dice, right? Like that always yeah. that always comes up, but then you know, you always look at it and you like, "Well, they don't have any rend." And then you remember like they basically have built-in rend. It's just yep. a question of how much.
2: And it's almost even better rend in the sense that like you like there's units out there that will negate rend, right? But when they charge and they get that negative to save, that doesn't count as rend. So, you know, you don't ignore that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, especially when you've got them being babysat with, like, another model, I I paired a bunch up with a black coach and a spirit torment, and so I got three charges into, like, you know, a couple units, and just the inheritance just did their work after that. Yeah, and
1: even if you only get one rend out of it, or even none, as yep. long as you're not sitting on like a two-up or a three-up re rollable or something like that, like yep. you're yep. gonna you're gonna cause enough failures.
2: Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty impressive. I I, I was uh, definitely happy with uh, the result that I had the other day. So we'll see what happens. I I don't know if I told you this over text, but I mean I I just told you just now. I've been super busy, so th- that's the first night hunt game last week that I played with the new book. And I'm going to be taking him to Nova next week. So I'm like, Oh brother, I, oh, prob- <laughs> I've got a
1: story for you coming up.
2: <laughs> so I'm like, I am pretty sure I'm going to go two and three in the tournament. And it's only because the army is really good. Like <laughs> I'm so not experienced with three Oh, yeah, you know, t- so we'll see how it goes. I- I'm there just to have fun. So it's going to be a good time. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you just went to uh, big GT up in Canada. Didn't you?
1: I did. Uh, a couple weeks ago now, beginning of this month. Okay, okay. Um, went to the Season of War GT up in Canada. Yep. Um, run by the, I mean, titled Season of War, run by the, the same crew that does the YouTube channel, all the battle reports. Um, good guys. Um, know them outside of the game now, too. Uh, really like to hang out with them. Um, so they threw on a, a tournament, their first one, and I thought, you know, that's an easy one for me to get to. What
2: um, uh, What city was it based out of?
1: Yeah, it's the t- Greater Toronto area.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, and we went. There was like I think it was like sixty some people in there, which is good, really, really good actually for like an inaugural event.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: and I had a really good time. Like, it's always interesting to go and and see like, you know, I'm not in the Canada area. You know, I, I right. So to go and see what they what they run, what they like to play as. Um, it's always cool to see the differences because as much as this game has become a global thing, because the internet lets us talk to each other from all over the place, right? There's still a lot of regional variants. Yep.
3: Um, yeah.
1: So that was really fun. Everybody was had a great time. Um, everybody was good. Uh, I just yeah had a really good time, and that was the the second set, second GTA run Slanesh at.
2: So how did you, how did you do with the GT?
1: What uh, four, four and one?
2: Four one. All right. And so, one. as I do with most of our guests with their most recent GT, why don't you give us a little bit of the round by round if you remember it?
1: Uh, yeah, it should be. You should be able to remember it. Um, so yeah, so Slanesh uh, playing an army that this is my <laughs> my second GT with it. Um, I just gotten fresh off the Summer Slaughter, um, and the Summer Slaughter was my first games in this edition, and my first games with that Army. Oh, really? So I was feeling much more prepared (laughs) now that I had some actual uh, experience with it. Um, And going in felt actually pretty confident with it. Um, My round one, I played against actually a guy who flew up from Florida um, to to come up and play, and he was running an interesting Cities of Sigmar Living Cities list. But okay. playing it the way he's actually supposed to, so he had like outflanking Sisters of the
3: Watch. Oh yeah. Um, okay.
1: So that like they're actually coming off from the board edge and and there to uh, shoot and, and not charge immediately after. So that was the first weird part. It was uh, interesting, um, just because I haven't played the Living City in a way that in that way. Yeah. Um. Luckily, I had Sigvald and he had both a Phoenix and Phoenix Guard, and with Sigvald ignoring their ward saves, he made pretty short work of them. Um,
2: oh, that that uh, that Phoenix Guard not having that four-up ward save. Oh, it's it brutal for them.
1: It is. Not a good <laughs> matchup for that. No. Um, it was interesting because it was the first time I had come up against an army that also deploys off the board edge uh, uh-huh. because I'm running Lurid Haze, right? So... I get D3 units at the start of the game that come off a board edge mm. uh, in my first turn, my first movement phase. Um, and I had not come up against somebody who was also doing that. So I'm oh, used to seeing somebody's whole... Um, you know, their, their whole force and yep. where it's going to be a raid. And in this case, I actually had to pull models onto the board before I saw where he was going to be.
2: Um, oh, interesting. Okay.
1: But it worked yeah. out pretty well. Um, it, it was... Uh, I think definitely in my favor, uh, from the start, just on, you know, the matchup itself. Um, and, and so, uh, that was a uh, round one, uh, round two. I met one of the few people that I didn't want to run into, <laughs> uh, Noah Singh with his oh, army yeah. jaws. Um, we're both very familiar with what his army does and yeah.
2: what, uh, what was his list? Was it all piggies?
1: Uh, yeah, one Maw Crusher yep. and 18 Pigs, I think. Oh, gosh, yeah. Was... He's
2: running blood tooths oh, wow. and all that. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: this one, you know, it went as as well as I expected it to. When you you start playing, especially when you start playing people that you know. Like, mm-hmm. I know Noah's not going to make, like, crazy mistakes.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, which, in that matchup, I needed him to in order to win.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, it didn't happen. Uh, Sigvald also came in off the board and just completely whiffed. He killed. Oh no. He didn't even kill a single pig, and then died in return to, to oh. two pigs attacking. It was it was brutal. I rolled terribly. Um, it's and then time I, for
2: him to go to the penalty box. Yeah,
1: he's such. <laughs> I love Sigvald. He's so much fun. He's like, yeah, he's he's like what keeps me into that army because otherwise it's not really for me. Yeah. Um, but when that happened, it, it was immediately switch over to. Uh, battle Tactic Salvage mode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a quick game. Uh, quick loss on Mutt for me. Uh, I just had to I had to hurry up and, and get my tactics, because that was going to go over. I was tabled very quickly. Oof. Um, which happens. Yep,
2: yep. Um, yes, it does.
1: Game three was against a, a actually a pretty cool uh, uh, Stormcast list. I don't know how effective it is, but it was very cool and thematic, in the sense that it was all the... Uh, Vanguard chamber. So he had, oh okay, uh, a bunch of he had some raptors. He had uh, some of the paladors, and he had a bunch of the um, the the guys that they can like te- they can shoot off the side of the board and come on redeploy or teleport within six inches of the board edge. Yeah. Um. So like very hard army to pin down. Um. But Sigvald came in did his thing he when you can come on in from a board edge and you get plus three to charge like he just he can he can completely flip any situation uh if your opponent isn't aware or isn't doesn't have the units to screen out their important stuff like he'll come in and he'll kill a unit of vanguard raptors yeah Uh, yeah that's
2: that's really significant because it's like you know there are times where i'm like okay you're you're in ambush you're coming out right like that's nice i know you're 9 inches away and i might gamble with the fact that a 9 inch charge isn't always the easiest to get right no. even with a reroll even with a reroll it's not always the easiest to get but when you got a plus 3 to your charge you have to respect that
0: yeah I just got to gotta
1: roll a 6 and he's a hero so he can make himself reroll it like it's it's very doable And guy guy I feel bad for my buddy. I played him at Summer Slaughter and I rolled box cars twice uh, in the same game. Uh, so for the charge oh roll.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: And his his number of attacks is equal to his charge roll. His unmodified oh charge my roll. Gosh. So uh, it was uh it was brutal. <laughs> I, I I did bad things to him. Oh um, no.
0: Yeah. But yeah,
1: so my round 3 it was a very fun game. The guy was very nice, but it wasn't just wasn't much of a, a matchup um guy was you know fairly new to the game didn't have too much experience had a cool list but it wasn't optimized by any means um but we had a good time but it wasn't yeah it wasn't too terribly competitive
2: i mean he was one and one at that point right yeah. obviously like if you're matching up with him in the third round so you know uh you it's hard to say. Like I, I mean, obviously, I don't have the results in front of me, but like he probably, like Stormcast Vanguard, like they're not, you know, there's no slouches, and if you get a good matchup with them, like they'll yeah, do, it's they'll just really well, you know, right.
1: They're just not as solid as the, the mixed forces or, right. or anything like that, right. Um, but yeah, so two one day one, uh, going into day two, I get matched up into ghosts, which is actually something I'm very happy about.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, the list I was running had fifty bar of archers in it, uh, which means that I have a hundred shots a turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I had a kronspine, which meant that the ghosts were not able to just retreat and charge willy nilly.
3: Yes. Um.
1: And with all that in mind, it made it so that kronspine could go hold up a huge number of his units, and then I was just able to pepper them off the board with archer shots over about three turns.
2: Oh, that's frustrating.
1: Yeah. Uh, again. I, I
2: mean, I feel that. I feel that because, you know, the retreat charge mechanic is so important for the, for the night oh, haunt. Oh, it's huge. Because that dictates, like, all of their bonuses, all of their mm-hmm. army bonuses that they get. So if they're not able to do that, then uh, it, it re- that really hurts.
1: Yeah. I mean, so... Fun fact, if you're having struggle if you're struggling with Nighthawn out there, uh run a cronspine. Yeah, no
3: kidding.
1: <laughs> Just shuts him down. Um, so that one that one went pretty well and, and people what I see tend to completely underestimate Slanesh because they know they've heard for so long it's a trash army, it's not good, it can't it doesn't do this or that. And it's true. It's you
3: know, <laughs> it's not Seraphon. Right.
1: But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have tools and it isn't usable. Right. Um so, I, I, I've enjoyed using it from that perspective. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to definitely dig into your thought process behind Slanesh because they're, de- like, they're not the old Slanesh of twenty twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, right? Where they, mm-hmm. you were running a two keeper list and summoning a third or a fourth sometimes. They were. And, not, they were a problem. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and they were just crazy. And then they got nerfed, and it's like, oh, everybody's all oh, Slanesh is trash. Just move on. And uh, I think it's interesting that you've been winning with them,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, quickly, my last game uh, was against a guy who kind of is in a similar boat. It was a really good matchup for me. Uh, he had Cragnose, two Frostlord on Stonehorn, uh, a tire or er, a, a butcher, and three units of dogs for his battle line because he had yeah. a uh, whatever the, the little guy on foot is, um, forgetting the name of it, Icebrow Hunter. Yep. Um, and it just it went my way. Um, I didn't need it, but the the purple sun ate a frostlord, so it oh, made no. it significantly easier.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, basically, oh,
2: he was not happy about that.
1: Basically, his turn two, he came in, he killed some centagors, he hit my front line there, of Uh huh.
2: Um,
1: and then in my turn, I was able to sun off a, a Frostlord.
2: Not an even trade.
1: No. The the (laughs) Kronspine got killed by, or got held up by the, uh, the, or the Kronspine held up Kragnos, and then I spent the entire turn shooting a Frostlord. Wow. Uh, he he ended up surviving with a wound, which was annoying. Um, Yeah. But then, you know, I just cleaned him up the next turn, and Sigvald, a Kronspine, and a hundred archers killed Kragnos.
3: Ugh.
2: Brutal. It was brutal. That was brutal.
1: Just watching the board state, it was very brutal and it was over very quickly. Um, Yeah.
2: So, um, before, so I want to talk about your experience with Slanash. I want to talk about the Kron Spine, you know, and and its uses in the meta. I want to talk about the Purple Sun, you know, and and its it's role in the meta right now. But before we do that, like, again, like we talked about before, um, you. had two GTs with Slanesh, Summer Slaughter, and the Season of War. Mm-hmm. But before that, you were running Skaven. Yeah. Right? And you'd yes. been running Skaven for a little while, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, from March to right up until the new book.
2: Okay. So walk me through this. Why would you run Skaven up until the new book drops and then not run it after that?
1: Uh, Cause I'm a weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I like running anti-meta.
2: Right? Yeah, pretty like... <laughs> much. I,
1: I just like running things that people aren't running. I like yeah. going to an event and being like, "Oh, you're like one of the you're one of two Skaven players. You're one of two Slanesh players." Right. Um, but I think there is an advantage to it too. Um, if you're running a, a faction that people aren't as familiar with, there's definitely that level of unfamiliarity that goes in your favor. Yeah, yeah. They, they're not sure, like they're not sure like they've seen log strikes they know ex- about what to expect from that but yep. they don't know what to expect from 50 bliss barbs right. Um, right they know what to expect from croak but they don't know what to expect from a unit of 9 storm fiends rerolling everything right um, so like there's an advantage to that but to be honest with you the, <laughs> the storm fiend list was purely based on I saw Think wall I saw storm fiends so I'm like I love these models I want to figure out how to run them
2: that's awesome um, it was going
1: to, you just like, it was going to be just like, let's see what I can do with it. If I can pull some two threes, I feel like that's pretty appropriate. Yeah. And then it, and then it started doing well.
2: Right. Yeah. And, like you were winning things. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I took a couple, uh, a couple GTs with it. The big one being, I took one out in Detroit and then I took out Slambo, which was nearly a hundred people with, uh, the nine storm fiend list. Yeah. And then a couple four ones, too.
2: Did you see people kind of copy that list after you started winning with it?
1: So, yes and no. Um, you know, and to say that it was completely original is, is not true. Sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because people had been running Nine Storm Fiends previously to that, but it had definitely fallen off before I brought it back. Yep. It's something that I spoke to, you know, most of the lists that I come up with at this point are... Um, group projects basically okay, that I yep. do with uh, a few people that I, I speak to in, in my scene, uh, the, or, you know, around the team USA, around our, yep. our little group that we have, um, they kind of become group projects and, you know, somebody will run it. Um, and it, it had been an idea that I had floated around for a while. We had talked about it and nobody had really acted on it. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run this for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it, it really started to catch. And some people did um, tell me that, hey, you know, I'm playing this, or, you know, you made me want to play this again, which was cool. I'm, I'm happy yeah. to see people trying it out and, and doing fun things. Um, and, it, you know, people... It's one of those ones... People don't realize how hard some of these armies are to play. Like, right. how matchup dependent, especially that, that Stormfiend list is. Because one, one mistake... Uh, and target priority or unit placement, one one bad matchup and you're, you're shot. Your your tournament's out.
2: So you had you had nine storm fiends. Thankful some bombardiers, I think.
1: Yeah. So this was the old book. So the only yeah. way to get the storm fiends to be battle line was to be all scryer.
2: Right.
3: So
1: uh, I, the only battle line option I had was the acolytes.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and I would have killed for. Access to the clan rats that they have now. Yeah. Um, But, so I had to run two of those. I had two Arch Warlocks for redundancy because if you don't get more and more warp power off, you're screwed. Right, right. (laughs) And, yeah. uh, That's like the whole list. And then I had, sorry, I had uh, the Warp Lightning Vortex.
3: Yeah.
1: And the Bridge. That's the whole list.
2: So, um, what were the matchups that you dreaded with that? With that list and Skaven.
1: So that that list, I lost... How many... I think I lost... Three games with it? At, uh-huh. four, at four GTs? Um, five GTs? Um, bad matchups were... A KO. Okay. Just because they could come in and, and kind of just shoot you off the board from... from Even with the bridge, I couldn't reach them kind of deal. Um, Seraphon will completely shut down your casting, which you need. And all the chip damage will wipe out your small units. And as good as as, uh, Storm Fiends are, they can't win the game on their own. Right. Um, And also, I lost to a... It was a very close game. To a long strike list, it was long strike and dra- long strikes and dragons. Uh, before it got nerfed, so that long strikes had to be units of three in order to yeah. shoot in the hero phase. Uh, the guy, it would have been fine, except that the guy played that army. He also played the nine storm oh. fiends, so he knew. He knew oh, where I'd, to go. Yeah. I just have to kill out those arch warlocks, and now suddenly the output from those storm fiends is way less reliable.
2: <laughs> right.
1: And so he was able, it was a very close game, but he, he beat me on that one.
2: Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, everybody else is like, oh my gosh, nine storm fiends go for them. Right. Yeah. Or so. thank Wolf. They just see yeah.
1: thank Wolf And it's like, oh, it's a big monster. He's probably important. Especially when, uh, that was during the time that monsters were giving extra points. Right. And I'm like, really? Honestly, my army works without thank Wolf. it's those arch yeah. warlocks that make those storm fiends work. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Interesting. Very Interesting. So, uh so you're running this, you go 5 and 0, oh, you go like 4 and 1, you go 5 and 0 oh on another one, something like that, right? You did 3 GTs yeah. with it or something like that? Uh, I
1: did, yeah, 4 4 or 5. I did yeah. quite a few.
2: Yeah, you did quite a few. You're killing it with Skaven. The new book comes out and you're like, "Time for another army." Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, so it you also You know that sounds a little crazy, right? Like I do. I do, and I'm fine with that.
1: <laughs> it also lined up perfectly with uh the, the Honest war gamer was keeping track of the, the T-Sports Network uh, rankings. Okay. Um, and I had decided partway through that I was going to try to get a top in faction with him. Yep. And uh, I th- that thought that was just a good opportunity to-, to play an army I like. Not a ton of competition because it's not a p- well-played army.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it would be one that I can go in and snag. Uh, and I did, and his his stats recycle or reset with the new GHB.
2: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, between his stats resetting, the new GHB coming out, the new book coming out, I'm like, you know, they're gonna get popular again. I want to play something something different. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a toss up between Zinch and Slenesh, and I guess I just decided on Slenesh first.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that's uh. That brings us to your Solinesh list. Why don't you you kind of alluded it, right? You had Sigvald, you had a bunch of Bliss Barb archers. Anything else in that list that you were running?
1: Yeah, so so the core of it's yeah, Sigvald and, and fifty Bliss barb Archers. Uh-huh. Um but additionally it ran a contorted epitome. Yep. It ran a Herald uh, on Seeker Chariot, the little little chariot he- hero. Um it ran a unit of gore and a unit of centigore, and a purple sun and the geminids.
3: Oh wow. Okay.
1: Uh, it was all one drop. Um, that list like has to give away first turn in most instances.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like, um, why, like, why does it need to do that?
1: So the list is very fragile because everything okay. is like on a six up save. Um, yep. and, your, your units have to come in, uh, for because it was Lured Haze, right? So yep. your units have to come in at the end of your first movement phase. Uh, and even if your opponent wisely spaces out so that you can't just come in their backfield and have Sigvald hit something important, it does modify how their entire first turn looks. Um, and that's a huge advantage um, to just affect... One fifth of the game, and perhaps yeah. the most one of the most important parts of the game. Right. Um, so I thought choosing first or choose being able to choose first turning, being able to give that away. Um, it, yeah, it was very important, impactful. Plus, uh, I I can hit them turn one because the bliss barbs have an eighteen inch range. They move six. They can run and shoot. Like, they have a huge threat range. Yeah. But it's a lot easier when people move into your threat ranges. Right, uh, right. You have a little more flexibility on that end.
2: That's true. Uh, otherwise, you you have to move closer to them, which you may not want to do. No, I don't right? really want to be close to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, if you can, if you give up that first turn knowing how to play that well, I mean, you're setting yourself, obviously, up for the double turn, which a double shoot with those bliss barb archers, in my opinion, is pretty pretty significant if you can get that off yeah
1: I mean and it's almost any army any shooting army that has the potential for a double turn is something you want to completely avoid if yeah. you're the opposite yeah. player um, their their double turn is pretty pretty impactful but I found a lot of the times unless somebody was super aggressive uh-huh. it was still better to give away and and keep one into two um, the same really? you go I go yeah um,
2: and was that just pushing the double-turn potential to, like, you know, two to three where it really had, like, an impact at that point?
1: I think so. Like, okay. it, you, you definitely take it if, like, you can – if you see um, – you can kind of stomp it down. Like, I played against an Iron Jaws player, and I won one into two priority. Yeah. And I
2: – Yeah, because you know I he's going to be aggressive coming in at you, right? Yeah. He has to My, be
1: my turn one, I took out his rogue idol. So my one into two priority meant that I took out almost the rest of his army. He had a mock pressure right. left in his turn two. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: but it's very volatile. Um, several of my games, my later games at that tournament, uh, I only won those games cause I got the priority when it mattered. Yeah. Um, and they were able to, because they were so, they were so fast. I had to take the turns because right. They had already hit my lines, they'd opened me up, and if I had lost the priority there and they were able to come in fully, my army just crumbles.
2: Yep, yep. Okay, so as we saw with the old slanesh list, as we've kind of mentioned before, it was about the keepers, it was about the summoning, it was about the depravity points, like all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, walk me through... Like, you know you're going with a very different build here I, like you didn't mention a keeper at all there's no um uh bliss barb seekers or seekers at all which was like kind so of sad. a staple <laughs> I think mean, that's kind of a staple before right to have like those fast movers that could run a charge you're not using demonettes um it doesn't sound like so no. so um, like yeah, what totally why different. the different build like how like and how did you get there
1: uh, so <sighs> yeah so two major questions. So the first thing, yeah, was, right. <laughs> how, so how did we get there? Like I said, this was another list that kind of came up as a brainchild between a few people in that chat. Okay. Um, the team America group there that really enjoy or ha- had enjoyed in the past, uh, running slanesh and enjoy the, the challenge of making a list for that, what that looks like. Um, and you know, several of us kind of put our heads together, um, Matt Beasley out west, uh, plays out in Pacific Northwest area. Had a um, he had he had a like a skeleton of an army that was he was seeing success with. Uh-huh. So we kind of looked at it when the new points came out. Said what can we do to this that looks different?
3: Right.
1: Um, Bill's another one. Bill Souza was another one that was running, uh, playing around with some mesh lists, and it looked very different. Um, which is cool because everybody looks at lists and and what they do and what they can do very differently. Um, you know what matches their play style. Um, what right. what do right. they like? Um, and through kind of a combined combined att- combined effort, we were able to kind of come up with something that we we thought had some legs to it. Um, started running it, Matt ran in a few, something similar to it out west a few times and did well with it. Um, and then, I, yeah, I, I did well with it a few times out this way. hmm So it seems like it had some power. The reason why we had to get away from, like, the Seekers and, and the Keepers, um, it, it really came down to a few things. One, Keepers lost, they lost a lot. Yeah, right? they really did. Um, and they're so expensive. There's so many points. Yeah. For for not, you don't get a whole lot. Their best use is now their command ability, which they can't give to themselves. Right. Um. So it's like well, you had to run two if you wanted to get that effect. Um. They can only make or give or receive one command point a turn. So like, you could only do it with one of them. The locust changed, and locust is good still. Like no pylon is still good but it's very different when you can't have your entire army fighting first yeah so
2: (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) they
1: they, so they kind of had to move away from the keepers Um, now they're really a big point sink Um, every once in a while I'll summon one but I'm definitely not buying one and it's the same issue with demonettes like they're way too expensive for for what you get from them but they're great for if you if you're only paying zero if you're summoning them they're awesome right
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean they've got their run and charge ability still right which yep. makes them a threat. Um and they can they can they can definitely do some do some damage out there but uh it seems like games workshop model on like how to make things expensive is heavily based on movement and the ability to run and charge and all that stuff like really puts a tax on them I think.
1: And it sh- it should be honestly. Movement is being able to get some places the yes. biggest factor yeah. in this game. Projecting but
2: power. Yeah.
1: I think I think they got very gun shy because of how broke how much they broke the previous iteration of that book. Yeah. And they just completely completely overcosted everything trying to get the summoning right. Right. Um, the the points changes definitely helped. Um, bliss Blissbarb Archers at one forty is actually a viable unit versus them at one seventy. Yeah, yeah, disgusting. Um, <laughs> right. And Sigvald, Sigvald at two oh five is actually uh, something worth looking at. Um, those 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 types of models are really hard to point correctly. Right. In my opinion, like you look at like the light of Altheria and any of those like small models that really they just kind of do their own thing on their own, and Like, they're beat sticks, but they're also six wounds. Right, (laughs) Uh, yep. Like, those are really hard to point, because if you point them too high, they're just, they're going to get shot off the board, or even just fought off the board, taken off too easily, and there goes a huge investment. But if they're too low, you know...
2: It's way broken. (laughs) Yeah, like, the output
1: from a unit that's 200 points from that single model just completely dwarfs something you see... Uh, in a unit of similar points value,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, is two hundred five correct for Sigvald? I outside of Lurid Hayes, I think it's a big, it's a big question mark in Lurid Hayes. I really like him.
2: Yeah. Um, so, so it's it, it sounds like uh, you know you had you had a bunch of. Uh, uh, units that were reliant on magic in Skaven, right? Like you needed those arch um Oh yeah.
1: Um, those those, warlocks. Warlocks. <laughs> those arch warlocks don't go off you, you lose.
2: <laughs> yeah, you need it you're you're really rely you know, relying on that. And so, you know, going up against maybe um uh Lumineth or or Croak, Lord Croak or something like that, like that's not a good matchup for you no. there. Um do you have any mag did you have any magic that you're running with Slanesh or was it just primarily a shooty shooty?
1: Uh, it's primarily shooty, but it does have some magic that is there to buff the shooting. So okay. the Epitome is the big one. Um, yep. The Epitome had the crown spine attached to it um, so that it gets plus one. And then it has the reroll casts. Um, is a huge deal, right? So what it would do is Epitome would be able to put out the purple sun. So uh-huh. now all your archers, you're shooting 100 shots at Ren 2.
2: Ooh. Yeah, okay, that's it, nasty.
1: It also has the really good War Scroll spell of um, Overwhelming Acquiescence, which uh-huh. says pick, or er, it goes off on a 7. D3 units within 24, you get to reroll hit rolls of 1 against. Um, wow. Which makes your archers, who are hitting on 4s, sadly, uh, much more reliable. Yep. Um, and it also, it just says friendly units. it doesn't say heed night units. Um oh. So when you're running a cron spine in there it that counts out. Yep. Him too. Um
2: Dang, that's amazing. Uh you know cuz it makes that four up feel like a three up right away, you know, if not a two up sometimes yeah. depending on how well you do your reroll. Yep. So
1: yeah, it's, that's great. It's it, so so you get those in, and those are things like those make it very reliable. But if you don't get them, it's not like game ending because yeah. you still have the weight of dice to to push yep. through some damage. Yep, for sure,
2: definitely, definitely. So you run this at two GTs. You're like, hey, I'm I'm killing it. I go five and zero in one time, four and one in another, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, then you say, nope, time for a new army. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> So <laughs>
2: I'm sensing a pattern, <laughs> you know, I went
1: all last year with just slaves to darkness.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, probably my favorite chaos faction. Um, had a really good time with it, but you know, at some point it, it's kind of fun to, to go and experiment with different things and, and see things because as much as I love Knights of the empty throne, you know, once you are getting up 50, 60 games with it, it's yeah. like, all right, like I can look at the, t- the board and for the most part, as long as you make the sane play, I know how this game's going to go.
3: Right, right.
1: Um, and, and that kind of takes out some of the fun of it. Like, I, wanna, I want there to be exciting things to happen. I want there to be things that I didn't expect or to see something new. Um, like, my, my love right now is Scarbrand. Yeah. <laughs> I ran him at a RTT yesterday and i'm just like i love like calculating telling up how many mortal wounds he does it's just those little moments of of hype is what gets me into this game man
2: yeah definitely um you know I, i think you gotta mix it up you gotta you gotta change it up uh a little while you know i when uh i did the lvo in 2019 i said okay i'm I played a full year, you know, over a year, but a full ITC year with Night Hunt, and I'm ready to switch it up, right? Mm-hmm. so I, I picked up a new army. I picked up Orcs, which was very different from Night Hunt, and I yeah. had to learn quickly like, I can't play the same way because you know Night Hunt in the in 2-0 was very cagey. It would move, it 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 strike, and then get out of the you know get out of dodge and. You know, it had to, like, kind of creep up in the back zone to Cap shows uh, objectives in the back. And uh, you had to be very choosy about the combat that you wanted to to get into. Uh, that is the exact opposite of the Iron Jaws that I was running, right, <laughs> which is like, yeah. no, I want to smash it. So it's so funny, the first couple of games. In fact, I think one was against your brother. Uh, you know, he, he's like, why are you playing these like Night hunt? You know what I mean? Like you're like holding them back. You're waiting for them to come to you, and like you know. And I'm like, ugh, yeah, it's just the way I kind of how to play. Yeah, and I
1: mean, some of that is play style, right? Like sometimes, yep. even with a with a a book that seems to uh, uh, incentivize you to play one way, like you still end up building a list that plays something completely different. And absolutely, I don't think that's wrong because some people just do better with a particular you know play style in mind even if it's not the most effective use for that or effective way to do that book. Yeah. Um, but if you go in knowing that about yourself and knowing like, Hey, I typically run these very uh, cagey um, micromanaged pl- armies. And for this one, I just want something that I'm going to be able to, to yeet forward and roll lots of dice. Like yeah, going in, knowing that is your goal is a big deal.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's a, it, it's funny because I didn't realize that sort of that K.G. play style was really the one I liked playing because um, I kind of liked seeing what sort of unfolded on the board before I made my move. Mm-hmm. You know, which for for better or worse, you know, sometimes like it was too late by the time I realized what was happening for me to counter. Right, but at the same time like I didn't want to overcommit myself and then put myself in a bad position. And so when uh 9th edition of 40K came out, I'm like, "Oh, I think I'll try this out." Which faction did I gravitate to immediately? It was Raven Guard. You know, and I didn't even like I didn't even know what Raven Guard was, but I'm like, "Oh, they have a they have like a you know, ambush capability. They can set up. They can get. You know what yeah, I mean. They can yeah, disappear yeah. and move. I'm like, that sounds very familiar. I think I'll go with that one. And it's just basically Space Marine Night Hunt for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: and, and that's and that's fine. Like if you if you know that about yourself and that's what you enjoy doing, that's what you should do. You know, we're we're playing this game for fun. Like right, absolutely. That's what we're out here to to do. So if that's what you enjoy, you should do it. If if you do want a different thing. Then going in knowing that's important too. It's all about setting expectations, right?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I mean, I really, I really did enjoy playing Iron Jaws afterwards. They are fun, (laughs) you know, because it's just like, I mean, who doesn't love just bashing and you know, smashing and bashing? And who doesn't love the mighty destroyers mechanic? And you know, it's just, it's just so much fun with it. But it took me a little while to realize, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get out of my own head here and learn to play the game that, like, this faction wants me to play yeah. and um, and then go with that, which I think ultimately ends up making me a better player, right? Like, because I'm learning a different play style. When I go across an Iron Drafts player, I know how this army wants to play. Yeah. And if they play that way, then I know how to counter it. If they don't play that way, then I'm, you know, I think, like, okay, what's going on here? And, you know, I I can kind of assess a little bit better because I have that experience.
1: For sure. Yeah. And you can get into the mindset. Like, sometimes it's very hard to imagine what your opponent's seeing from their side of the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if they're playing a faction that you don't know. Right. Um, So trying to anticipate what they're going to do is very tough. But if you've played it or at least played against it quite a bit in practice then you have a better idea of what they're going to be thinking, what they're looking for, um, and you could kind of preempt a lot of the stuff that they're going to plan on doing.
2: You know, it's funny because there's a couple of matchups that I personally don't like. Um, It has nothing to do with the matchup versus the army. Um, It has everything to do with the fact that, like, that faction doesn't really play in our local meta mm-hmm. and so i don't know very much about it when i go to play it And one of those is seraphon which unfortunately is a really good faction right now Yeah, you know uh and and ko like uh, there's not a lot of ko players around here either so you know knowing how to set up against them knowing like what they're looking for what what they're trying to exploit like i i, I get across the table from them and i'm already nervous i'm like okay like what what are they looking for? What are they trying to do? Because I don't know, because <laughs> I don't play. You know, I don't play against them enough in my own meta to yeah, really know. It. You know, so um, it's funny because it's like I'll start sweating before that, but meanwhile I see like a, a Nurgle faction in front of me. I'm like, okay, I got this. You yeah. know, like flies, no problem. I got you. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know? and it's
1: a difference too. It's like a difference between an anxiety of. Man, I don't want to play that faction because I have no idea what it does, and I don't want to play that faction because I know exactly what it does. <laughs>
2: yes, that's very true. <laughs> very I don't know true. which one's worse. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, different spectrums, but the same outcome. Right.
1: Yeah. Either way, you're <laughs> you're having a, an anxiety <laughs> attack going
2: into it. Exactly. So, all right. So you're switching armies. Tell mm. us about your new uh, your new venture that you are prepping right this moment. For Nova, that is happening in, uh, let's see, you better get painting, buddy, because it's happening in like three days, four days. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's like right here. I'm I'm doing, um, I'm basically just doing some cleanup work on okay. the last bits of it. Um, I decided that I'm gonna run corn at it. Um, uh, a week ago.
0: <laughs> nice. Um,
1: so some of it was already painted, but some of it, it's not gonna be done but it's going to be done well and or to the point that i can play it there um uh, so my plan was to run zinch mm-hmm. at nova and kind of i have the rest of my year planned out of what i'm uh, going to run at different events different oh. i'm going
2: to so are there more armies besides the one that we've been talking about
1: uh for this year no i'm finishing this year with corn and zinch
2: okay okay um,
1: so um I know I have the rest of the year with these two armies, so I've got time with them. But I'm... Zeech was definitely in the faction that I'm running at Nova. And I'm sitting here, I'm doing the Invitational, I'm doing the RTT if I don't make it to top eight. Um, and, you know, this crazy idea came up in my head. I'm like, what if I just decided to do corn for the invit- Invitational and the RTT as well? Yeah. Um, I Because at, at this point, I'm going to just be interspersing them between back and forth between those two for the rest of the year. Yeah. I'll just I'll just, just do both. Do both
3: Just here. do both.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going through, uh, I call it my tour of chaos. Uh,
2: okay. My plan, yep. to,
1: my plan is to play all the chaos factions uh, and play them, you know, enough at tournaments to, to feel like I have a good hold of them, a good mastery of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured that this would be – you know, finishing out this year with the events that I have left, that'll be sufficient for these last two, or for Khorne and Zinch. It's not the last two, but for those two factions. Yeah. Um. And why... Yeah, I mean, you got two? Nurgle
2: after this, right?
1: I've got Nurgle and I've got Beast of Chaos left.
2: Yeah, okay. Um,
1: and Nurgle I held off because there's too many people playing it right now.
2: Way too many people playing Nurgle right now. I think there's gonna yeah. there's gonna
1: be a lot of play in Zinch when that book comes out. I made this spreadsheet back in uh boy, when was it? It was back in probably April. Um so I okay. had no idea that Zinch was gonna be coming. Um yeah. but I already kind of committed to it, so I mean
2: What what is the date for that book? I don't even remember. They they haven't it, they haven't said. it's yet. like fall, right? Like fall yeah, twenty. So they said they like just
1: that. yeah, they just said autumn. Um Okay. They are going to be doing a uh an announcement at Nova. So we could be seeing them announced. It could be the two, uh, destruction books to be released right. as well. We'll, right. we'll see. Um, but yeah, I just, I figured I'd, I'd go with those two and I figured I would kind of play those two at the same time just cause they play so differently to each other.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, they really do. They're kind of dichotomy. I mean, you know, Zinch has a, a bunch of shooting and magic, and Corn does not.
1: No, <laughs> you know, it's in some ways they are similar in the sense that it's a lot of um, control of your opponent. Okay, um, you're trying to dictate where on the board they're going to be, and dictate these no-go zones for them um, that they don't want to be or can't get to. Right, but. The difference is is Zeech is doing it through abilities uh, and the threat of ranged mortal wound output, while Kord is looking at doing it from the threat of like Scarbrand coming in and just deleting whatever you put there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Caleb Walters runs Zeech, right? He's run Zeech forever, ever ever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, and he usually runs, like, the Lord of Change, a Blue Scribe, right? A couple of... Um, yeah, the, the double uh, bird list. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's he's got that list kind of locked down, and he's really, really good with it. I mean, he he's really, really good with it just because he's been running it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have? D- describe your list for me. What do you got on the Zine side? What do you got on the Corn side?
1: So on the Zine side, it's very easy. Uh, it's Caleb's list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Okay, I, the, I love it. I went the lazy route, and I'm like, "All right, listen. This guy has been playing this for quite a yes. while. Yeah, He um, knows what's good, right? He knows what's what it's gonna work. I understand the units he's using. The new book's coming very shortly. For this one, I'll just I'll just run his list. Yeah, it clearly works. Um, so <laughs> just just directly copy pasted his list, and we'll be running that. Nice uh, for the corn. It's it's uh, operation half scarbrand kill stuff okay um, basically it's like how can i tool up scarbrand um and get him to do stuff as reliably as possible yep so you know you're you're crazy if you run corn and don't bring the demon prince mm-hmm. um, at least until the new book the new slaves book and he loses his half run and charge command ability
3: yeah that thing's um, so good
1: it's so good <laughs> it's, it's so incredibly good um so yeah i'm gonna use that for as long as i can and otherwise it's like you know blood secretor and wrath mongers to give him extra attacks yeah unfettered fury to get him to pile in from six um, so he can just guarantee combats or stay safe in combats if i have to mm-hmm. activate first elsewhere um i'm running just minimum flesh hounds as my battle line okay um I think they're the best screens for corn.
2: They are really just, good screens.
1: Just because yep. they're they're so large. Uh,
2: I I lost a game at the Nova Open last time I played because of those stupid hellhounds. Right, like <laughs> like they they had screened so well that like when I tried to pile in, I was literally half an inch away from winning that game. You know, yeah, they're, and they're uh, very very important. Yeah. yeah, it was really well. It was the guy did a, a great job with those just those oval bases like. Yeah. They're the so ideal nice.
1: the ideal screen size, right? They're those yep. uh, because they're a unit of five, so they get around the coherency issues. Yep. And they're larger bases than your circle bases.
2: Um, yeah. So they have, they have the oval cavalry bases, basically. Yeah. Right?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're they're super effective for that. They also interact with the six inch pylon from the Bloodthirster to potentially yeah. deny some. I there's some ways to <sighs> deny some grant some battle tactics. Um, if the situation arises there um but then also what else am i running this oh the other important part this also has a crown spine
2: ah okay interesting uh,
1: just because nothing in the army is survivable it all just dies to a stiff breeze even Scarbrand. yep yep 14 wounds on a four up does not last long in this edition right so I need something that can go and and be a bully piece. Um, so he's he's making another return in another one of my lists. <laughs> it's kind of a pattern. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, there's you know there's something to be said, and especially like when you know that it can shut down certain mechanics for several armies, like the idea that you can't retreat, the idea that you know like uh, it gives you uh, you know modifiers uh in your Mm -hmm. in your attacking and and defending and all that stuff like it it i mean it it's it's a it can be a big deal i i think a lot of people kind of overlooked the cron spine because um it was part of that i think it was a wonky box like that box box. yeah you know
1: those (laughs) terrain boxes right
2: yeah and it was like okay cool like this is way too much money for what you're getting in this thing but then yeah, it has but, a crumb spine, you know, uh, and you're like, okay. That's but we live in
1: a world of 3D printers.
3: Right,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's about to be released on his own anyway. He's very yeah. cheap, actually. Yeah. Um, I, he's, He's got the world. Him and the Purple Sun have the whole, like, community um, pretty split, right? Like, is this a good thing? Should this be relegated to uh, open play? Like, right. should we be having this in our tournaments? And I think the Kron spine is similar to um, the the old book. Um, the issue we had with the the when they removed all of the generic artifacts, the realm artifacts from the yep. GHB, is yep. that it it helps armies that need help. Armies that are good don't need it.
3: Right, like, I agree
1: with that. You're in Seraphon and Daughters. You have better. Points in your own book that you could spend four hundred points on. Oh yeah. Corn, uh, uh, Slanesh, they they don't really have access to the pieces that serve that purpose. Yeah. Uh, for four hundred points.
2: Yeah, I definitely think that it fills a gap that um, was you know needed for certain armies. Like even even like Night Hunt, man. Like they don't have like a big baddie. Out there that you're going to spend a lot of uh, a lot of points on. I mean, I think right now Morath or not Murathie, uh Lady Olinder uh, might be the most expensive model in the line in the faction, and she's she's okay. You know what I mean? Like I think she's over-costed. Like she can do some great things, but you you got to get her in the right situation for her to be effective. And so like, there's no big monster that like you know there's no. There's no uh, uh, mega boss on a mod crusher. There's no, you know, there's no uh, uh, bloodthirster or something like that that is a big threat. And so some armies need that, right? Spike gets needs that, <laughs> you know, because yeah. like I what mean, else do they have? They got nothing. Crab knows. You know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, but no, it's, and friends. That's what I, I like to call those saying. lists. Like, you know,
1: <laughs> I, I agree. It's it's something that I, I don't think I don't think Crosswind's breaking the game, and I think you're starting to see not too many top performers with it. I could be wrong on uh-huh. that, to be honest. But um, I'm also maybe cr- Cronuspin blind. Um,
2: well, I no, I mean I don't think so. I I think the bigger issue right now is the purple sun. Um, yeah. I think I think the purple sun. It kind of fits the bill of what the critics of the Cron Spine were saying, right? That it should this should this be as powerful as it is. And um, what are your what are your thoughts on the Purple Sun right now in the game in the meta?
1: Um, I'm fine with it if it stays or it goes. OK, Um, I know I've seen a few like. I, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I have brought it. <laughs> yeah yeah you know right I mean? and it's in my it. list right now um yeah and part of me wants to say like oh well if it's going to be there i'm going to use it but if it were to go i wouldn't be too upset yeah. um part of the problem is it grants rend to some of these factions that don't have access to it uh um, yeah so like if you're playing slaves to darkness you don't have access to rend. interesting um your best is like rend two on a charge yeah. So some of these factions, like, if you're playing Slaves of Darkness, if you come across the the Seraphon list with, um, the. Uh, the turtles, the Bastilladons with uh-huh. the, like the three arcs, you just yeah. you're gonna lose because you right. can't kill those turtles. Right. Um. Even Stormcast, like the 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 armor level in the game for some of these factions right now is is to a point that some of these factions that they, they can't compete.
2: Yeah. Yeah, look, uh my uh do you know Lincoln Tidwell? Yep. So Lincoln was started running protectors. Mm-hmm. Oh great. They're amazing, right? And he's like, dude, nobody's running these protectors. I think I'm gonna try running them. And he's killing it out there because of their save is like a base two up or something like that. It's and, a three up with a yeah.
1: with a plus one on their war scroll.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, That's so brutal. It's ridiculous, and then you know you give them all-out defense, and all of a sudden they're like, you know, nothing's touching them. Yeah, or the so. castellan
1: shine the castellan on them, or give them mystic yeah. shield. Um, right, I've seen I've seen them. So Lincoln was the first one that I saw running that. I think yep. there was somebody at Worlds running a cities list actually with them in it, Black okay. 10 teleporting around, which is pretty cool. Um, I saw him running that at ACO, and I've seen a few people running them since. Yeah, and it's a super solid unit. It um, it really is, but it's it's another one of those ones that like if you don't have mortal wound output, yep. uh, or you don't have access to lots of rend, you're not touching it.
2: Right, right, exactly. So you know the purple sun I think is interesting. The um the best part of it, it it's so funny because everybody talks about the deleting a Maw crusher or or something like that. You know something big. And, yeah, that's, like, all the crazy stories you hear. But the, the biggest part of it is the rend that it gives. Like, that's, like, yeah. the, in my opinion, the most important part. You know, deleting a model is just gravy on the, <laughs> you know, like, it's nice that it happens. Because, actually, that ability, I think, is worse, significantly worse than um, what it used to be where, you know, on a 6, it would do 2d6 mortal wounds to a unit. Um, that had over five wounds, but if you did it against like a unit of like a, I, re- I remember using it against a unit of 40, um, uh, 40 witch elves, mm-hmm. and for every six up, that was a mortal wound. Yep. You know, and so like I thought it was better against hordes before, because now it's just one model on a on a one. So you obviously want to put it next to heroes and kind of the sub-commanders of the world, you know, yeah. and, or monsters, which is cool when it happens, but honestly, like, having that extra point of rend is pretty big.
1: Uh, it's huge. That's you what know? I – so in the, in the slush list, that's what I took it for. I could kill yeah. less if it killed a monster or not. Right. And outside of that one Frost Lord, I didn't kill anything important. I killed, like, a Phoenix Guard or I killed a Black Knight. Uh, with right. It. Otherwise, like – or a Blood Knight. Sorry, not a Black Knight. Um otherwise like it like I, I never bothered with it trying to kill stuff because it just it didn't and that's not what I had it for yeah um, if they honestly just remove that aspect to it it's still super good it should be probably a hundred points
2: yeah yeah I agree um, I agree so I've got it in my list because I I want to use it with the Heritans, right yep so but I, I keep coming like back and forth I'm like okay I have one caster in my list and that's probably the problem, (laughs) you know, because I got one caster and I'm like, okay, do I give the five up ward save or do I cast? Yeah, you have so many good options in that book for spells. Or do I go with Purple Sun? You know, in the last game that I played, I'm like, I just give me the ward save. Give me the ward save. Yeah. You know, because that was that was what was I needed in the moment. And I never even pulled out the Purple Sun. But, you know. And that's, Whatever. and that's
1: a good counter-argument, right? Like, yeah. some factions, some armies, they're better off without it. They're better off without a cron spine because their army is built to play a different way or right. their army rewards play of a different style. So it doesn't become too problematic. But on the flip side, you always run that chance of you're at the table and you're playing a game and you should win this game and somebody rolled a one. And your power piece is gone. Yeah, and it just completely, It turns the game to a loss that shouldn't have been. Right. And for that I think that that effect maybe could have gone. I mean, maybe make it a one inch radius, and you get to pick one unit, not all units within that range. Right. Right. Uh, or cut down the maybe it has to start within three inches instead of eight inches of the caster, something.
2: Yeah, and I, well, and you know, I mean, like the idea of just deleting a big old like my crusher too, like that totally sucks. And I, I liked the mechanic before where it was 2d6 mortal wounds. Cause you could still do like 10 to 12 mortal wounds on a mock crusher. And that was devastating, but you had to roll for it. You know what I mean? Like after you got your six up. So, uh, you know, I, I thought that that was a little bit more realistic, I guess, you know, rather than just a straight up, like yoink. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> you know? I mean listen, we've had there's always been the problem things in the or in this game, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we had we've always had problem factions. We've always had factions that were way too good. Yeah, yeah. Um at least this being a problem is something that everybody has access to.
2: That's true. That's a very good point, right? It's not uh, you know, we talked about the Slanesh keeper list like that was the always strike last issue or the terror guys to always strike first. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was just those factions. It wasn't like everybody could use it, you know?
1: I mean, on the flip side, that also means that it's potentially super prevalent. There's no, you know, you go to a tournament, like, Oh, if I can just dodge, you know, for, for corn, I'm like, if I can just dodge shooting, I'm in a really good spot. Um, because it ha- everybody has access to it, it's very hard to dodge that Sun.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, one thing before before we wrap this up, I want to ask you about the ITC because mm-hmm. right now, my friend, you are ranked number two in the world. And I say world because, you know, let's, the ITC is the world.
1: ITC is the world. No, it's, 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 it's the U.S. They don't I, use the ITC elsewhere. Else, else,
2: else. Okay, all right. Well, it's like the World Series in baseball, right? Like... Sure. We'll, we call it the world, <laughs> but only because nobody else
1: is keeping track.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you're number two. You are literally, literally 6, .63 points behind Gavin Gregar for first place right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How do you feel about that? Uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> how um, many how many times a day do you refresh that list just in case? <laughs> right. No, that that I don't do. Um, so
1: <laughs> my original plan, uh, well, if we'll go back. If we'll go way back, right? Way back to back to that twenty nineteen Nova. Uh huh. I didn't know there even was like tracking. For this game, I was just super happy to be there and to have done well. Yeah, Um, I'm a very and you probably get this from Nate too. We're a very competitive family in general. Fair enough. (laughs) This the second I learned that there's a a leaderboard and like things being kept track of. Yeah, I'm suddenly like it changes entire my entire outlook on that.
2: That is so Um, funny. (laughs) um, So
1: so once I do that, I learned that now. I don't really I never went out with the intention to do well in it I never went out with the intention to, to, to even care about overall uh-huh. I'm like I'm going to play bad armies on purpose I'm going to try to get maybe some best in factions with those armies um, and maybe if things go right I'll get best in faction or best in chaos grand alliance like that'd be sweet yeah. And then things started falling into place to get over, or that I was up there with best overall. I'm like, I'm not going to get too invested in this because there's a lot of time left. There's a lot of stuff in the season, and I refuse to to switch over from my plan. Right. Now, luckily, again, the zine stuff is carrying in, so if that book ends up being good, like, that just actually works in my favor. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, you know, I had these goals set. Kind of like I was saying earlier, it's all about setting expectations and, and setting appropriate goals. I had these goals set at the beginning, and that's what I'm going for. If if IT stuff works, ITC stuff like overall works out, yeah. awesome. If not, like my main goal, and I'll be super happy if I hit the goal for the best in factions that I'm looking at in the chaos.
2: Which you're leading uh, you're leading some of those best in factions. Like obviously, yeah. you're leading the... Um, well, first off, you're... Grand Alliance Chaos, you're leading that. Right. Uh yep. by uh forty points, forty ish points. And uh you've you're leading the uh Hedonites uh Hedonites of Slanesh, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, but you're not leading the uh Skaven anymore, I think. What? Wait, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Gonna have to bust them but no I'm kidding. <laughs> no you are, you are, you are, you are. Yes, you um, you are, you are nah, definitely it, leading that. So and like I
1: said, that that
2: one actually, if
1: they pass me, awesome. Um, I've already met my goal on that one because yeah. like I said I wanted the best infection with TSN. Yeah. Um, so it works out, you know. It, and that's all it is. It's like they meet. Mean, it means literally nothing. <laughs> it, like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, I think anybody that really puts too much F- emphasis on that is, um. You know, they they gotta just. Prioritize because again, this is really—it's just a game. But yeah, um, it's what I've decided. I'm not gonna hold uh, people—you know—hold it, hold it against anybody for that because I mean, it's there for a reason. Yeah, we love to be competitive. It's a competitive game.
2: Definitely. Um, The uh, so let me ask you this: Do you um, specifically seek out events that are ITC scoring? Or will you go to events that aren't ITC scoring?
1: Um, well, they're kind of all at this point, or close to all of them doing it. Sure. Um, I primarily am going to events that my friends are at. Okay. Because because of where I live, I, mean, I don't really live close enough to a, most of my my Warhammer people that I can I can go and just see them. So right. the tournaments are really where I get to hang out and socialize with this. You know these group of people that I've gotten to know for the over the last couple of years pretty well. Um, so that's what I tend to, to look for. Um, what I what I'm noticing is that most of the tournaments that I've gone to have just automatically done it.
2: Yeah, it, you're right. It is kind of hard to find them. I mean, like the obvious major glaring lone holdout is Adepticon. Mm -hmm. Um, with it you know but there's um, I mean there's probably going to be some RTTs around that are just like look we're just using a spreadsheet just come and have a good time yeah, you know but uh, I think with the uh, pervasiveness of the best coast pairings being a free app to use like why not use it you know I mean it was built for this game (laughs) you know so use it as a tool because it takes a lot of the thinking and guesswork out of having to manage a tournament for it you know it, it so
1: is, it, it is fun to just you know i'm i'm a person who i enjoy it i think it is fun to just see like oh well where does where does that put me and you know what how mm-hmm. do i stack up and that sort of thing i enjoy that and for people that don't enjoy that like you don't have to look
2: right um, yeah exactly it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, do it so we had on um uh uh reese robbins on here who was like leads the itc and frontline gaming and all that and you know one of the questions we asked him was uh is is the itc good for the game you know is it is that kind of like overarching competitiveness good for the game or does it turn it into everything has to be competitive you know um and uh i don't know what do you think about that
1: I mean, kind of the game is competitive by just by nature, right? Like, yeah. We're going to tournaments. Yep. I don't see how you can look at the game, like at that fact, and not have there be some inherent competitiveness to it.
3: Right. Right. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I guess like it could it could be that some of these tournaments are more narrative style or gimmicky you know what i mean like uh you could have gimmicky gimmicky tournaments and you could always have those but maybe with the advent of the itc like you know does that make most of the tournaments kind of inherently more competitive Hmm. chicken and egg probably right yeah i i I don't know (laughs) um i think people who
1: are going to take it seriously are going to take it regardless of whether i agree overarching yeah um leaderboards essentially um, and I think people who are just going for a good time are going to just go for a good time
2: regardless. Yep, I I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, with the ITC though, and that you know you you being a part of this uh, tough crowd is the leaderboard for the club in the team rankings, just yeah. above Harambe's Heroes and a little bit further above Season of War. And a little bit further above the Corsairs, which I've got a lot of Corsair friends as well, right? So um, what's it like being on uh, Tough Crowd? And uh, kind of like talk us a little bit about the club that you're in with them.
1: Yeah, so I'd like to say that we're a group of friends who happen to play Warhammer. Okay. Um, So like our conversations clearly are going to involve the hobby because that's what got us all together but that's secondary uh-huh. when you go to an event the first question is not how did you do it's like you know how were you there did you have fun yeah did you enjoy yourself how were the people cool how did you did you meet new people um you know and and that's really the kind of what we're trying to foster and what we we look for for the community i think it you know that's it's a group of like-minded people. We all think that that's really what we want yeah. from it. Um, if we do well, that's awesome. Like, we're we're super excited when we when we do get results. If we get best out there, awesome. If not, that's not a big deal because, right? You know, we're we're out there as a social group first and first and foremost. We just happen to play Warhammer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you see, if you see, we have, we have some gear. If you see people in tough crowd gear, come up, say hi. You know, they're, they're, you're going to have a good time with them. If you match across the table, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a good game. Like that's the expectation for our crew.
3: Right. Right. Don't
1: care if you go 0 and 5. Like if you, the only time you'd have a, have an issue is if you were not a good opponent at the table.
2: Right, right. Um, I think we've done several interviews with some tough crowd people. Like I said, we had Marcella Hallou on here before. Uh, Let's see, who else did we have on here? We had Nate, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. We've got you. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that we have. I've been meaning to get Ridge on here. Uh, James O'Brien. I didn't realize James O'Brien was part of the tough crowd now.
1: Yeah, he's in. He's in. The, he's in the crew.
2: Wow, he, it sounds like he abandoned the Corsairs,
1: huh? Well, it's and it's be, you know, we're a, an interesting one because we're not really region locked. A lot of the places are like, hey, the course like a lot of the Corsairs guys are out west, right? Um, yep, and because that's kind of where it originated. There might be some players here and there. Um, we have people all over the place, um, and it does make it tough because. You know we we can't go down to the the local store and have half of our team there, yeah, um, right to hang out. So that's where we we meet at these tournaments, and that's where we meet up at these tournaments. yeah, um, but yeah, we're we're kind of all over the place. It's a little bit different, and it's just, yeah, it's it kind of spawned first from the community and you know, the community vibe, and then um, we kind of just made it a thing.
2: Yeah, I see. Uh, Sergio uh, Ortiz is on here. Yep. Um, I literally just saw Sergio about like ten minutes before we got on our podcast. He's borrowing some spirit hosts from me for Nova, so Chance he lives like he lives like right around the corner from me. Yeah, so, dude. yeah, it's a it's just really cool. So you guys got a lot of good people in there, um, and uh, a lot of Team USA members too. Uh, there's a lot of crossover. It seems like with the tough crowd and team USA folks.
1: Yeah. And it's, and again, it's something that just kind of, it just kind of came up if it came up. Um, the we, we hung out before team USA was a thing for most of us. Uh
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. 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 For sure.
1: Several of us were all just, we already involved in this group that became tough crowd before, uh, worlds and before the team was even a, a thing we kind of got uh, brought in in the sense of like they said hey you should look at this you should go talk about this and at least be involved in the community on that end of it too um, and yeah it just happens to be that a few of us are involved in one way or another with the with the team too
2: yeah yeah very good yeah I mean like even if uh, they aren't like official, us team USA members I know that there's like some of the Minutemen right Mm -hmm. like I think Sergio is one of the Minutemen and uh, you know I think that's I think that's great so um, it's very good it's very good to have like I think these um, teams I think that that brings an interesting dynamic to the ITC and also the community as a whole right like I see on your guys's uh, uh, Twitter account you know you guys roll to uh, an event pretty deep and it's great to see you in you know the same yeah. the same uh, uh, gear that you're wearing and you know you know having a good time together i think that's, that's awesome. What it is
1: though, right? Like yeah. like i said we meet like that's the only time we meet. Like we have people out in Canada, we have people on the west coast, the east yeah. coast, midwest, we have people everywhere. So that's where we meet is at these tournaments, particularly the bigger ones. Um and and that's all we want. We just want to go and have a good time. Like again, top ITC team would be really cool. But to yeah. be honest with you, at the end, when we get there, at the end, we don't care. Yeah. Really, what we're trying to do and what I think is really good about the team aspect um, is the the camaraderie and the the kind of the environment you get at these tournaments now. Right. Um, even when I started, you notice a difference. Like nobody knew about or cared about any individual team when you went to a tournament. Uh, yeah. It's just about how did you do individually. Right. But now it's it's about the team. And, again, it's not necessarily saying, like, oh, well, what team plays first? It's like, well, you know, what teams were there and mm-hmm. what did they do? Yep. Because there's so many different cool things you can do just by having that concept around.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I I was talking with um, Jeremy, uh, you know, he at the time he was the Team USA captain before Bill Sousa kind of took it over again. And uh, I was telling Jeremy, I was like, dude, we need to have more team style events, you know, that kind of maybe mimic worlds. Because um, I think that, you know, doing some of those, like the, the individual tournaments and grand tournaments and all that are a lot of fun. But, you know, some of these team ones, I think really could build some of that camaraderie, really build some of that, you know, we're all pulling for like the same group of people, you know, and, and uh, really get that team aspect uh, into the game that I think is a lot of fun
1: yeah for sure it's suit like it adds another layer right like you want to yep. go over and talk to your boys to be like hey how'd you do how'd you how'd you uh how'd you do this round but adding the team component to it um it just it elevates it further. And not because you're trying to say, like, well, we want our team to, to place highest here. Right. Like, That's always fun. Whatever. But yeah. it's because it's like, well, we get to, how are you going to interact with those other teams? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. You know, yeah, we, exactly. We see, there's quite a few of us on the East Coast for Tough Crowd. And there's also Wicked Dicey on the, t- on the East Coast, too. So uh-huh. there's a lot of crossover there. We'll go to events, and there might be seven of each of us there. Um, and so it's really cool to just interact with and, and kind of have a, like a little friendly competition between the two. yeah, but then but then because you see each other at these events, uh, you know you hang out afterwards or you go to the, you go to the bar together, you go to get dinner together. Um, and you know you expand your circle and you you are enticed to interact with people that you might not have previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just I think it makes I think teams make for a better, tournament environment for everybody
2: i do too i do too i mean you know uh just like even going around you know some of these grand tournaments you'll run into a group of people you're like hey who are you guys oh we're the basement wargamers like oh very cool like what are you playing what are you playing what do you know what are you doing and you run into like oh you know here's the corsairs and here's you know tough crowd and just you know like being able to kind of say oh like this is the group and you know I would say like I don't think I've I don't think I've ever met anyone who has been like unfriendly you know um I think maybe you know and I could be wrong about this but you know maybe in the 40k spaces like it's a little bit more competitive and a little bit more you know uh I don't know cutthroat maybe just because of the nature of the game um but with Sigmar it seems like you know it's it's much more welcoming and it, it seems like you know, the the clubs just kind of add that element of camaraderie that, uh, you know, if you're going to a tournament by yourself, like, sure, it's fun. You meet new people and, and do things like that. But if you've got your club, man, those are your boys you get to hang out with, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, you, you know going in that you have people you're going to be with and, and talk to and hang out with. That, yeah. like,
2: starting out, go
1: to tournaments, and if Nate wasn't going, it's just me there. And it's, I mean, I was good enough. It was fun enough that I was gonna go regardless, right? But it's an entirely new world now that I have. A, we have a, a crew of people that we kind of go with, um, and, and it just it adds to it. It just adds to it. It doesn't. There's no at the moment. There's nothing that's taken away from from them. right, right. Um, so yeah, if you if you go to a tournament and you're alone, or even if you're not alone and you want to kind of, you know, some some direction as to who to go to for a good interaction, find somebody in a tough crowd. Sure. I guarantee you're going to have a good interaction there and you're gonna have a good time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody I've met from tough crowd. I, I absolutely love lots of, lots of fun interaction. Like I said, we've had several of them on the, on the podcast here. Um, what are you last question for you of the night? What are you expecting from Nova? and um what are like what, what what are you looking forward to with nova what are you um, not looking forward to with nova like it, maybe in terms of meta or you know whatever like what 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 kind of expectations do you have going in in the next couple of days
1: i'm just going to have a good time man <laughs> nice it's a, it's going to be a long uh, long days of, of gaming cuz like i said i'm signed up for the rtt i'm in the invitational so okay playing from thursday through sunday yep it's a lot of games i'm excited for lots of games um i'm going to be exhausted by the end of it which is going to be fine um i'm just i'm just excited to go in play some stuff that i haven't really played too awful much of yet um see some people that i haven't seen in a little bit just because tournaments haven't lined up or people have had to drop i just yeah i'm i'm excited to see some people hang out with some people and if i happen to win a few games then that's all the better
2: So um, you said you're signed up for the RTT. Do you think that you're going to be playing in that RTT, or are you uh, going to be finishing out the grand tournament? I don't know. Um, I I, mean, of of all the people I've talked to, you've probably got the best chance of making that top eight, just with your track record.
1: It's so hard to say, man. Uh, I feel (laughs) confident I'll do decently well. it's it's hard to go five and zero. Oh. Um, it
2: is hard to go five and zero. Oh. It's, so, it's hard to get your grand strategies now.
1: It is. It's so matchup dependent. It's, it's there's a lot of luck that can just kind of come in and swoop in and, and take out that expectation or that hope from you. Yeah. So to to say like if, whether I expect to or not, it'd be great if I did make it to top eight. If I yeah. don't, that's fine. As long as I, like I said, as long as I have good games, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah. Well, and if I, and if it means that also means that I get to play corn, uh, nice. <laughs> I get to play corn again and maybe throw Scarbrand at some people. So I wouldn't be too upset with that either.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well on Thursday you'll be running the, um, you'll be in the invitational. Mm-hmm. I'll be running the Warcry grand tournament. Okay. Um, so I'll be there, but not playing that day. I know that the uh, doubles is also going on that day. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm Double-some. not playing in that. Yeah, I know. Doubles is great um but uh yeah no i decided to run a run a warcry grand tournament uh cuz there wasn't a competitive tournament for it and i i don't know if you have had the chance to play warcry i know you've been pretty um focused on age of sigmar and all that but um it's a lo- it's a lot of fun so
1: i i haven't i'm not opposed to the idea of it but yeah so where i'm at in the middle of upstate new york there is nothing yeah. around me yeah uh, yeah my <laughs> i actually went to an rtt this weekend i had to drive three hours 15 minutes one way for it oh uh, okay that's that's how i get games in yeah um so Warcry, as much as i would love to be able to play some of the more specialist stuff yeah I just we don't have a, a large enough community around me to to get it going
2: well it's crazy because like war launched during the pandemic you know like mm-hmm. basically it came out in 2019 And just as they were about to start saying, like, hey, here's some, like, uh, you know, um, events that you can start running, like, literally everything shut down, right? So um, it kind of lost its footing, I think, in terms of being a competitive game because people were still getting games in with Warcry um, over the pandemic, but it was all narrative driven. You know, and they just kind of play with a buddy at their house or whatever. There's no real events or anything. So imagine if, like, Age of Sigmar, like, launched and, like, you know, all of a sudden we couldn't play at game stores anymore. You couldn't have an events anymore. Well, if you're going to be playing at your house, you're just going to be kind of playing at your house and pick up games. You know what I mean? It's really not going to be that competitive. And so I think it's kind of like coming back, finding its footing. But that was one of the – that was one of the – focuses that i had was like i want a competitive Warcry cry game because people need to see it can be competitive it can be um you know like hardcore list building that you do rather than just kind of throw some stuff together and have a fun narrative time sure. you know so um so we're gonna do it it's gonna be a lot of fun um you know it, it's funny because it's hard to um it's like we need to we need to start setting up a regular night around here for War Cry to attract those people that want to play regularly. Cause it's hard to find games other than my friends that play. Sure. You know, so it's it's kind of kind of interesting that way. So, but uh, I look forward to seeing you, sir, in just a few days. Yeah, definitely
1: um, able to put a face in the name, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, I'm I'm I'll I'll find you through Nate, cause Nate knows me. I know Nate, so. You know, and you kind of look like him, so I might end up finding you before I find him. Yeah. So it's
1: it's, listen. We went through that was that was all of 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 our childhood get mistaken for each other and yeah, that's uh, great. Never changes.
2: (laughs) That's how it is. I'm the oldest of six, and so it's like you couldn't, you know, you knew exactly who the Smith boys were, you know, out there. So yeah it was all good it was all good so yeah i look forward to seeing you good luck and the best of luck at the upcoming tournaments that you have um i know that there's going to be some great games going to be played so um i hope uh i hope you do very well and um you know i'd love to have you back sometime and give us a report of of what new faction you're going to be playing in the next six months (laughs) you know so yeah this is fun (laughs) So all right well thank you so much for coming to the show. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to us. Uh, if you like the show, give us a like on your uh, on your podcasting stream on social media. Uh, share us with your friends and if you could if you're listening on itunes or google uh, please give us a rating review if you if you like it give us as many stars as you feel we deserve because that really helps us with algorithms and all all that stuff and being found so we appreciate everybody uh giving us the support that we have and i hope to see a lot of our audience out at nova as well so uh until then keep the dice rolling and have a good night